The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. How did you ever make 155 pounds? I did it, but with sheer stupidity. I'm fighting a lot smarter now. This is my division top 10 next. I won't accept anything less. Michael Chiesa, ladies and gentlemen. I want to be an asshole. I have always been a fighter. It always got me in trouble. But there is nothing I do better in this life than fighting. Oh, oh there it is. Left hand. Knock anyone out in the top 10 division, I promise. Drew Dober, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, welcome to UFC Unfiltered. We have a lot of ground to cover today. Uh, we obviously have Michael Chiesa, uh, the great Michael Bisping, who I oh, love, I and Drew wait. Dober, uh, who looked incredible against uh, Nazareth Haxbrast. Not an easy name to say, but man, did he look good. Dober is, is a very solid fighter. Nazareth. Yeah. All right. Um, I just try to prove that I can say something. Yeah, you said it right. And uh, what a, what a, what a, a weekend of fights, man. What a night of fights. Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, let me tell you, it's kind of like Conor McGregor, man. That was fantastic. He looks so good. It was fantastic. It's pretty much, you know, he comes, he's so, he's so focused and, and uh, accurate especially in that in the opening rounds. Yeah. Cuz you got to remember even um with uh with uh Nate, you know, you know, he's in those opening rounds. Nate just has a he'd land on him like with shots that might put other guys away, but Nate one has a hell of a chin yep. and two, he has his jiu-jitsu that if he's at all shook, he could get those webs out while he's on his back defending himself. Yeah. Instead of if you don't have that and you kind of get in defensive mode where you're covering, that's just that. Then you have a, a shark that smells blood and you're just done. He and was, you know uh, what I mean? Especially guys, somebody so accurate like Connor. I want to pr- make a prediction too. Um, and, and all the, the fight's people, over though. What do you mean? No, but I still think that if they run oh. it back, here's what's going to happen it's going to be the next big fight is going to be Connor Masvidal, and the winner of that. Uh, will fight Usman. I, I think Usman is going to hold off before he fights again. I don't think. I mean, you got Woodley and Leon Edwards going at it. Covington's healing from a broken jaw. I think it's going to be Kamara would be crazy to take another fight with the with the potential for one of these guys. And it also gives them an incentive because there is that silly BMF title, but it is something. I mean, it's it's something at the end of the match to fight for. I do think that's what's going to happen next, and uh, then Usman, I think, is going to be very smart in weight. Because plus, he just had a war with hey, Colby, um, too. Let me tell you something, Nojadamas. 
I think you're wrong. Do you? I don't know. Maybe you. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only guy to watch a press conference. Okay. Did you hear what Dana said? What did he say? What's the fight to make? I know he wants to make. What's no, no. the fight to make? I know he wants to be. I'm gonna Connor. say three times. No, I know that. Cool. What's the What's the fight to make? He wants to be Connor. I read that, and I, I'm aware of that, and I heard him say it. But he I still it. think that's a fight Dana wants to make, and that's obviously a fight Connor wants. He said that's the fight to make. But they also have Habib is fighting. When is he fighting Ferguson? Connor, by the way, is ready that's to fight a, again. April. It's April in okay. Brooklyn. Okay, so we're in January. So February, Mar- that's not for three more months. Yeah. Right now, McGregor, it looked amazing. He took zero damage. Uh, Masvidal against Nate, that was not an easy fight. But I don't think he got particularly hurt in that. So he could probably be ready to fight at a, f- a fairly uh, soon. So you could probably make that fight close to April as well, or May. Have those guys fight, and then you have the option of after fucking uh, Masvidal Connor, then you have a possible Habib Connor uh, rematch because they're both fighting around April, or you have Usman. Uh, I, I I think that uh, maybe I'm wrong about Usman, but I'm definitely right about Masvidal Connor. That's the can, next fight. Can well trust me. Well, uh, well you I'm know. a good guesser. No, I had Cowboy in the third by a submission. Why would anyone listen well, to me? I'm an asshole. Hey, well, let me tell you. I know I, nothing. I, well, I mean, not to be the guy in the fence, but I thought if it goes early. It was going to be Connor. If it went later, it'd be a sub by Cowboy. Yeah. So you're not you're not really stunned with that. But uh, let me tell you, man. I mean, Dana thinks the fight to make is with with uh, Habib. But before I even say any of that, because everybody always thinks I give Connor shit. Let me tell you, to get first of all for anybody that fought, they know what. And, and Cowboy's very open with his nerves and what it's like to be a fighter. So Connor, this is why I give. I get this is what I. I, I, this is what I give a lot of credit to Connor. Uh, let, me, how do I, let me let me frame that. Let me rephrase that. Because <laughs> it came out like the. Uh, I give Connor McGregor a lot of credit for even going back in there. It it does show that he's a fighter yeah. because he's got more money than anybody. The guy does not have to fight. Right. He never has to fight again. So what is what is the motiv- motivating factor? It's something that obviously I think it might. I don't know. He seems like he's he's matured. I see it with uh, Tony Robbins in his corner, uh, right? Anthony Robbins, right? Is oh, that Tony? Like I fucking know the guy. What's his name? Tony Robbins, right? It's the uh, the motivational. Speaker uh, that was. Yeah, I didn't even notice that Tony Robbins is in his corner. Oh, yeah, that's funny. I, yeah, but I, I did not I, notice that. You know what's funny? I'm not even into like the self help stuff, but. I do like, I used to listen to his stuff like when I was in my car right. and stuff. I like him for some reason. So that's, that's good. He, it seems like he's got a lot more positive energy around him. I don't know. Maybe it's just, it's just how I'm reading it. He seems like he's, more, he's matured. And, uh, you know, I, I think when, when you boil everything down, and I think now that he can have anything he wants, he, he realized that he sees, hey, man, this is what I love to do. I'm a fighter. It's the only reason he went back in there. Why would he go back in there for how much? Uh, how Three million, more? but he made forty-seven yeah. million not fighting last year. Yeah, so but that's what I'm saying. He doesn't need it. You're he right. He does not need it. So that reason alone, I'm definitely not going to shit on the guy. I mean, for I mean, I really can't. That, I mean, that, that's really that, and he has that's something kid, to say. He has know? a kid now. Maybe that changes people. And he yeah. also has this. Uh, this thing where I think there's been all this negative stuff that happened uh, out outside the cage with the guy in the bar and the slapping the guy's foot. Where maybe you just get sick of it. Like you're like, this is not the way I want to. Whatever it is, I don't know, yeah. Connor. But I, I like him better now, and uh, I, I like the way he interacted with uh, with Cowboy. And Cowboy's had a hard yeah. time in, in in big fights, and I don't know what it is because he's such a great fighter. Uh, that's not indicative yeah. of Cowboy's skill level. 
But mm. anyway, Conor looked really good at welterweight, with and the, uh, that makes things much more interesting. You know, with these big fights at a main event, you're fighting top-notch, mm. you know, the, the best in the world. So yeah. you're going to have a bad night sometimes. But it's it's one of those things where, uh, like, Cowboy, if he... The, the later it just shows. I mean, he's not the like Darren Till. What round did he take him out? First or second? I don't remember. Well, he knocked him out. I think in the I I you guys can look that up as I'm talking to Jimmy. I'm pretty sure it was the first, but it might be the second. I might be wrong right. with that. Uh, Jorge took him out. I believe the first or the second. Uh, in uh, Cowboy, I'm talking about RDA smoked him one time in early. But I mean, there's other times where Cowboy went in there and just looked like phenomenal. So. If you look at it, you're like, all right, Connor starts fast. He's as dangerous. There's nobody, like, you know, more dangerous. There's people as dangerous, like a Francis Ngannou in the first round. But Connor, it shows it. The fact that he is the first person to ever get KOs in three different weight divisions. It's amazing. That is is amazing. Amazing. Because another thing I factored into it is, you know, know, he fought out down to 45 once. I don't think that... uh, I don't think uh, Cowboy ever made it to 45 or could. I know he fought at 55 and yeah. looks very skinny. And uh, so, you know, it, it just it is an amazing thing. And it, and it makes things exciting. It does. By the way, how you do know? you think he fared? Let me ask you. Is Masvidal is a natural welterweight? Uh, did he ever fight well, at 145? Well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Masvidal... He's fought at, um, I think, most of his career. 55, I mean, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Okay, he did, yeah. So, so the point is, like, if he fights Masvidal, it's another guy that's gone up. It's like Kiesa and RDA, both two guys that have gone up. But how does a guy like Connor or somebody fare against Usman, who's a natural 170, like, problem, who's cutting to 170? If the problem with him fighting... Uh, listen, the fight... That's a terrible I, fight for Connor, by the, the way. Fight, the, per- the fight I would uh, like to see is him versus Masvidal too. Yeah. Of course, that'd be fucking exciting, you know? Uh, oh, I'm, I'm, and I'm always interested in another Nate fight. I know you might not be. I am. I like, there's certain rivalries that are uh, just always going to be intriguing. Yeah. They have history. They're one and one. I'd love to see him fight Nate Diaz again. I would. Yeah. I, but, because you, you put him with Usman, uh, Kamaro is such a stud wrestler. Why would he even bother? He, he it, it'd probably be reminiscent of his fight with Habib. You know what I mean? So he's gonna have to be just fighting him off, and you know, um, they'll be taking him down. Who knows? Maybe they could knock him out like almost Habib did when he's worried about the takedown. But I'd much rather see a scrappy Himbrus Jorge. That's just that, that would be pretty yeah. interesting, yeah. Uh, also, Habib Ferguson. Okay, we got Bispin coming. Uh, Habib Ferguson. Oh, wanna, there's nothing I, I'm looking forward to more than that. I want to hear about this book because I don't even know what it's about. Is it about his life? I'm going to get Jimmy? I, I'm is it about his uh, <laughs> coming up in the streets of London? There he is. Well, let's go. It's the count. Hello, Michael. It's the champ. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? What's Good, bud. How are you, buddy? What's up, Michael Bisping? I'm so happy you're here. <laughs> I Listen. I, I was you know what I wasn't gonna break his balls but I you know I follow him on on Instagram you know I'm always liking your stuff I seen recently you were in New York you, you were in New York no 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 I wasn't in New York see a lot of people said what the fuck Mike you're that's in that. New York and you never called me and I guarantee that's what you were gonna say or something I, like that that's exactly no, what I was gonna say it was one of those fucking stupid. Ponzi, throwback, flashback Friday bullshit, but I didn't uh, want to put 2017 because all the fucking assholes would have commented, ooh, you mean when you got choked out of GSP, it was just a nice 
It was just a nice family picture, okay? <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. I because I was gonna be like, oh, Mike, he's gonna be on the show. He was just he could have been in studio. That's what I was gonna uh, say. But fuck, it shows you I don't read anything. I don't know. Hey, listen. If I was in New York, you would you guys would be the first people that I called. Come on. Hey, we had a fun time doing that uh year review. No, what? Us with DC and uh Attic and Lionheart. It was one of the <laughs> it was one of the funniest mornings I've ever spent in Vegas. It was absolutely hilarious. Uh you know the funny thing is, well not the funny thing, the sad thing is they cut the fun stuff when that heard yeah okay it was good but as you know i mean there was a lot of stuff that probably wasn't fit for tv consumption but uh yeah it was a good morning it's amazing how they cut things that you guys were saying oh. like in between the uh oh yeah we'd all be out of a <laughs> we'd all be out of a job every one of yeah. us <laughs> but uh it's funny how we can have such a a blast with that and then they cut it up i'm like wow we look really professional yeah but meanwhile we're just fucking shooting the fucking but it's a lot like this basically sure <laughs> How are you? How are you? How are you uh, adjusting to like your, your full time? I guess you're 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 uh, you're a commentator. You're not fighting anymore. How has that adjustment been? You know, to be honest, uh, so far so good. You know, I'm pretty busy, so that's good. That occupies my mind. If I was sitting around bored and I didn't have much to do, then yeah, maybe I think about stepping back into the cage. But uh, you know, I've got my own podcast, as you say. I do the commentary and things like that. Piss off, people calling, people calling. <laughs> you guys. You guys are so late. There's having a knock-on effect to all the other ones I had to do this morning. So, so screw you, Matt Sarah. Hey, Never mind me not, not calling you. What the fuck? I've been sitting here for half an hour waiting to do this bullshit. <laughs> <coughs> Wait a second. Is that the Believe You Me podcast? That is the Believe You Me podcast available wherever you get your uh, podcast from. That, yes, that, that is correct. Hey, Mike, is Lewis involved Mike, Mike, in this Mike. one or no? Yeah, of course he is. Does, that, does that make up for being late? I'm going to plug it at least three more times before the end of this thing. <laughs> oh, What's going well, on? How's the, uh, how's the knee doing, man? Because Jimmy sees me walking and uh, it's not good. You seen me when I was with you. I was asking you. I want to ask you now because it's, it's been another month at least. How's, how's the knee holding up? You know, right now, well, no, it's good. It's still not 100%. I will say this. When I had the total knee replacement, probably the most uh, depressing two months of my life. It was bad. The pain was incredible. I couldn't move. Just having to sit on the couch all day taking painkillers. I know for some people that's probably their idea of a good time, <laughs> but not for me. Uh, it was bad. But now it's good. You know, I'm, now when I walk, it's my good knee that feels like my bad knee. So unfortunately, i got to get a knee replacement in my other knee, but not for about another four years. But yeah, you know, it's... Uh, it's feeling a lot better. Thank you, Matt. And you're you're back to working out, unless that was another throwback of you hitting with Jason Perlo. Was that a throwback or is that no. real? No, no, no. That was real, buddy. Okay, I was hitting the mitts. I was kicking the bag. And my doctor called me. He's like, Mike, what the hell are you doing? He said, the, the knee replacement, if you look at it closely, if you zoomed in, there's a, a serrated edge and it has to fuse to the bone. And it's going to take about six months for that to happen. And if you're kicking a bag, he said, it's going to come loose and we're going to have to redo the operation. I'm like, okay, I get it. Say no more. That is all you have to say. Jimmy, when, when did you actually gnarly. get the surgery? Uh, I think it was 17th of October. Oh, okay. That's very, very recent. Hey, by the way, I'm looking at your yeah. one floor of the cuckoo's nest. What is, that a, what is that in the background? Is that a poster or is that a, a, a card from the theater? Uh, yeah, it's just a little fucking thing on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? Uh, Are you a, is that your house? Is that your house? <laughs> 
Yeah, this is like where I do my podcast from usually, but I just got out of bed. I got up very early for you guys. I've been in Las Vegas all last week. ESPN giving me 7 a.m. call times, suited and booted. So that means up at 6, shower, all the rest of it. You know, so today essentially is my Sunday, you know, but for you guys, come on. Could I, you... I am honored. I am privileged. Oh, thank God. I was going to say, stop complaining. We're so happy that you're on here. Fuck. <laughs> no, come on, man. Oh, I no. definitely would not rather be in bed, catching up on sleep, <laughs> taking it easy. Oh, no, 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 no. Hey. Come on. I want to hear about your book. Now, wait a second. I Now, let me read it. Quitters uh, never win my life in UFC. Now, this is you. Do you have a ghostwriter? Is there Luis J. Gomez behind this? Who wrote this? And I got you in the hot seat. Was it you? Yeah, so it was myself and Anthony Evans. You probably know Ant. Ant Evans used to work for the UFC for a long, long time. We're good buddies. And uh, we wrote it together. So we sat down on the phone every night for about three hours he would record the conversations. He'd write up what I say. He'd send it back to me. I'd look at it. I'd say, no, 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 this is a lot of shit. It's got to wow. be like this. So so we'd work together. So yeah, Ant did it. Ant probably made me sound more eloquent and educated than what I really am. Yeah. But, but what is in the book is what I asked him to write down. So basically, he just you you gave the stories. It's your, he just had a little bit of help with structure and trimming and whatever needed to be done uh, structurally. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah, because I don't know where to start a book and where to finish. I mean, of course, if it's a life story, pretty much start at the start of your life. But yeah, as you say, the structure, the chapters, all that type of stuff. Anthony did that. But the rest of it, all the stories and stuff, obviously, that comes from me. Now, is it is it stuff in the tough house? Or like from the very that? Or is it thought when you're in the UFC? Or are you yeah. going to keep us in suspense? And not let us know. No, that. I won't keep you in suspense. It's actually a Sunday Times bestseller in the UK, so a lot of people ah. might have seen it already. But, uh, you know, it talks about my childhood a little bit. Ah. It talks about, you know, listen, most guys, not not all guys, and certainly not these days because the climate is changing, but a lot of guys that step into a cage and fight for a living, you know, might have some, you know, a bit, bit of a past, bit of a background, you know what I mean? Mine wasn't your standard upbringing, and uh, unfortunately, I, you know, I did a spell in prison and stuff like that. So you hear about all that type of stuff, and then how I was able to turn my life around, you know? I came out of prison, I had a wife, I had two kids, no cash, no nothing, in debt, sleeping in my car, you know, and then... Um, I thought, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get in the UFC and turn this all around. So it's all about that. And obviously, you know, if you've, if you've seen my career in the UFC, you know where it ends up. It sounds like the future making of a Guy Ritchie movie, if you ask me. Imagine Guy <laughs> Ritchie doing this fucking movie. You ever seen Snatch? I have not. Don't fuck around. I haven't. I don't, don't fuck around. I haven't. I, have, I know who he is. We I should actually, got, I should walk out. I, I like Listen, Jason Statham. I will Ariel Helwani, the same thing. We were having this conversation on Saturday, and he said, What's Snatch? I've never seen Snatch. I'm like, Number one, you don't know what Snatch is. We get that you're the nerdiest guy in the world. But secondly, I'm like, How dare you have never seen Snatch? Jim Norton, shame on you. I get know. your act together, buddy. Tonight, your homework, go watch Snatch, one of the best movies you'll ever see. Everyone tells me that. I've oh, never Jimmy. seen Snatch. I've never seen, what was that, like Lock, Stock, and Barrel? I've never seen yeah. a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah. I could I don't I couldn't get into that one. But okay. not only is Snatch Brad Pitt's great, in Snat, right? but listen, you Brad know Pitt? what's that? Brad Pitt's in Snatch. Brad, yeah, oh, he's okay. fucking great in it. But li oh, dude, but listen, the one of the best things about that is, you know, Michael does acting. Now, listen, it, it was he did a little like a little bit with you know uh, Hinato Lamange. 
No. Am I saying it right? Lamanja. <laughs> he did yeah, a bit yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah. And remember I told you I like Kenny Florian's bit, what he did with Heat? Yeah. When he did the thing, like, yeah. hey, all you got. Uh, uh, Michael did it with, uh, who was with you? It was Hanat. I don't know who the fuck was with you. I forgot. But, dude, you were great, Mitt. You're not going to get it because you didn't see the movie. <laughs> the part with feet and well, listen. Feeding you to the pigs. Listen, I, 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 I so appreciate, good. you know, when it comes to the acting side of things, you mentioned in that one little tiny little shitty YouTube no. clip that I did with a, a jiu-jitsu guy. Yeah, I have done some pretty good movies, you know what I mean? We've got Den of Thieves 2, we're working on that this year, Triple X. I mean, I've done lots of good stuff, but that little tiny YouTube clip, yeah, thanks for the shout out, Matt. You don't I, like that Matt mentions your acting career as an Instagram story no, and not the other stuff you've done, the legit better. stuff? <laughs> it's better. Well, listen, he plays fucking Hawk and triple fucking G. I don't know what it was and he does the flips. It's something you expect him to do. Like, he looks like a special forces guy or whatnot. Yeah. But, in this scene, it, the guy's like giving him shit and threatening him and he was, I'm like, oh fuck, he can act. Because yeah. I believe, I, it was, dude, it was, I, you're, you're shitting on it. It was good. It was fucking good. No, it was good. I enjoyed no, it. Was it. Good. Renato Lavanja, he's he's a he's oh. a good guy. He's very talented. But uh, yeah, we did that. Like that was like eight years old. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, thanks, I'm, Matt. I'm always, I'm always late to the party. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hey, when, when did your book actually come out? So, yeah, so as I say, it's been available in the UK for a while, but it actually releases tomorrow. Um, and, and if anybody wants a signed copy, I've got to say this. Sounds like I'm doing the hard sell, which I detest <laughs> doing. But if you want a signed copy to yourself or a note or whatever in there, I have to, you can go to MikeBispingBook.com and then we're doing a live signing tomorrow. So it'll be like, I, I, I don't even know what this is. The publishers tried explaining it, but I still don't quite understand. But I think what it is via like Instagram Live or Facebook Live tomorrow, they'll hand me the books, they'll give me the message, they'll watch me sign it and shit like that. So if you want to sign copy, MikeBispingBook.com, there you go. And you say tomorrow then. Amazon shops, wherever you get them, I guess. And now, just for like the demographics out there, this is this is an inspiring story. Now, you're a family man like myself. Do you get into how you met your wife in this book? Yeah, absolutely, I do. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you, you know, it's funny. I'm gonna give a little story. She, she'll 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 go crazy at me for this. So in the UK version, so Anthony Evans, the guy that I wrote it with, right? I was actually out in South Africa at the time when the book was about to be released, and I was working on a TV show, Warrior. And I'm out there, and so I didn't get to edit it properly, and the deadline was approaching. So I told the whole story and made it nice and romantic how I met my wife in the English version. But he was under a deadline and panicked. So when it came out, it just 
said, hi, I met my wife. She was beautiful and blonde hair. And that was it. And my <laughs> wife was like, what the fuck? That's all I get. So all your training partners, coaches, you suck their dicks throughout the entire book. And all I get is, all I get is, oh, she was blonde and beautiful. That was it. So in the American version, we got the real story. So there you go. Mrs. Bisping. There you go. Now, she gets her tribute. That, oh, and rightfully <laughs> so, you know. Uh, let me ask you, Anthony, is he? did he used to um, help with people with the speeches for the Hall of Fame? Or no? Is that the same Anthony? Yeah. He did? Yeah, yeah. Holy yeah, that's right. that's fuck. The, that's the guy. Oh, boy. Tell him I said hello. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, what? No, oh, I'm, not, I'm not booing him because he's not a good writer. But holy fuck. He won. Hey, when you, when you brought that thing up with the wife, that sealed the deal. Now I remember. Because I, <laughs> I did a big thing because he wanted to help me with my speech, Mikey, right? So I'm like, and he's writing all these fucking, these jokes that are like, fuck, you know, self-deprecating like, humor. Yeah. But but it's like, it's not my humor. It was fucking brutal. He's like, oh, you got to be able to take a joke, uh, whoa, 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 a jam whoa, whoa, at yourself. Oh, Matt, 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 Matt. Here to promote the book. I don't know the book. Oh, no, listen. <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop now. Oh, the guy had no sense of humor. No, no, no. He's joke. great. No, no. He's <laughs> he was lame. There was spelling mistakes. Right, right, right. The guy could fucking use periods. You're right. Stops. No, 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 no. Fuck, man. He's talented. Abort. Abort mission. Abort. You're right. You're right. One thing, though. One thing. bit out. <laughs> you don't. You don't think Matt's being helpful talking about how the guy wrote him terrible jokes? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Matt! <laughs> Fuck me! Everyone that bought a book from mybisbeebook.com is now emailing and saying, "Hey, can I get my money back?" Come on, man! <laughs> don't make me cry, bro. That's not helpful. Listen to me. No, that's not what I was gonna say. Listen, no, the guy's talented. Holy shit! But listen, <laughs> with my wife, he goes, "Not nah, as." It's good to, uh, you know, get this, that. It has to have this, this, this. You know, at the end, you can, you know, just throw some names in at the end. I go, dude, what the fuck? It's my wife. I got a, her family's flying in. So the first thing when I got the fuck, oh, whatever, listen to me. He's a nice guy and he's good at writing. Mike, how's everything else going? What about that time you shot? <laughs> Mike, hold on a second. Did, no, one of the things go that ahead. I that I really respect about Michael Bisping what? is the nuts and the self-confidence, man, with the whole thing with that Luke Rockhold rivalry. And I don't want to start shit up. I'm not that fucking guy. I swear to God. I'm not fucking Ariel Wani, that guy. But listen, and you're not fighting anymore. It's, it's, it's over. But, man, I was there for both fights with the Luke Rockhold fights. And the first one didn't go well. And I remember seeing afterwards and he's like, ah, you know, fuck it. You know, he's funny and... You know, how yeah. you think you, you know, took it in stride, whatever. I'm sure it was killing him. But when he had the chance to fight on short notice, I'm going to say three weeks, two weeks, three weeks, really quick. What was it? Two, two weeks. Okay. Two weeks. two weeks notice. Versus a, so you're not having a camp and you're fighting a guy that smoked you in the first fight and you're fighting less. And I, and I like Luke, but he's a cocky guy. So for, for him to go in there and to do what he did the way he did. Remember how I hit that shit before? Where the fuck is that? I almost had a car crash. Where the fuck? Matt's looking for the applause button. fucking, you guys suck. They suck. Hey, hey, it hey. It ruins the moment. I don't, I, Show me what he I don't know what you're looking for. I don't know what you're looking for. I'm assuming it's some kind of sound effect. <sighs> but let me just it. tell you something. And there's a good story in the book, Matt, because yes. that first fight, Luke Rockhold, in Australia, you were there with Alaya Quinta. He knocked out Ross Pearson. That was a great yes. performance. That's when I first started taking notice of Alaya Quinta, actually. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> he just knocked out Ross like that. That guy's going to do big things. Um, 
But the fight with Rockhold, a few days before I flew out to Australia, I got headbutted in training. And I had stitches in my eye, and this is all in the book. And obviously, everybody knows I've I've got one bad eye that pretty much is, uh, well, I have a fake eye in there now, so it doesn't work. Um, and my good eye, I had stitches all on the top of the eye. And they actually took the stitches out as I got to the arena because they said, Matt, you can't fight with stitches in your eye. So they took the stitches out. And at the start of that fight against Rockhold, he headbutts me and opens up the cut, right? And I couldn't see a fucking thing. It was like somebody taking... Um, a tub of paint and pouring it on a windscreen and then you put the windshield wipers on and it'll it'll wipe the paint off but it'll just smear so the blood was going into my eye i would wipe the blood like this and then i could kind of see for a second and then the blood would run into my eye again so i'd wipe it again and then as i was doing that boom i got head kicks i had no idea what fucking happened i couldn't see shit but i couldn't say that at the time because i still wanted to carry on fighting you know what i mean yeah. so uh when i got my opportunity for a rematch even on two weeks' notice. Of course I fucking took it because I knew I could beat that guy. Wait, can I ask you about your, your fake eye? Am I missing something? Are you, dude? Oh, shit. No, you don't got to do it. He could YouTube it. Don't yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, on, no, no, no. We're good. We're good. Listen, you know, there's some cheating. There's oh, a lot of cheating out. bastards on steroids out there. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, no, I, have a, I have one eye now, but it's all good. It's dude, all good. It's a nice little party trick. YouTube it after this or he has it wow. on his Instagram. It comes, literally, it comes out. Oh, my He's gosh. Sure. And how, how long has that been like that? It's the Vita Belfast. Uh, since uh, 2013. You know, you believe that shit? That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, man. It's all in the fucking oh, book. Shit. Plug that book again, please. It's it is in the book, Jimmy Smith. If it you want is... to know the real story. Autobiography. <laughs> uh, it's called uh, Quitters Never Win, My Life in UFC. And he talks about it a lot on the Believe You Me podcast with Luis J. Gomez. Boo. Is that with Luis Gomez? Boo. There you go. I'm, tr I'm trying to make up for Luis is still co-hosting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lewis is the co-host. Yeah, so the, the problem is with me and Lewis doing a podcast is that a lot of the time I'm controversial as it is, and we know that Lewis J. Gomez is out of his fucking mind. Anybody that doesn't know him, you know him, Jim. Yeah. You know him, Matt. He's, he's out of his <laughs> mind. So the pair of us get together. I, I start like trying to play like a little PC and toe the line, but he just goes out of his mind and starts saying all kinds of controversial stuff, and I'm like, oh, crap. So I join in, and then by the end of the podcast, we're like, <laughs> Wow. Did I really just say that? You know, so, uh, yeah, if you want to hear two morons giving their take on mixed martial arts and having a laugh while they do it, check it out. Believe you me. I'll be on. Lewis is very entertaining on uh, Twitter. It's very entertaining to wake up and see that Lewis is in another Twitter. He's not happy unless yes. he's in a, in a Twitter fight uh, in some sort of a YouTube battle. Lewis just likes confrontation. Yeah, yeah, he just argues with everybody. And as you say, every day on Monday mornings, you look on Twitter and he's just going at it with somebody. So uh, he loves the drama. But yeah, check it out. But more importantly, MikeBisbingBook.com. Quitters never win. Get your copy signed. Available at all good bookstores from tomorrow. But don't plug. Yeah. I am going to read this book. I mean, there's a lot about you I didn't know. I, I want to read the prison story in full, what happened there and what actually got you in there. Uh, that's really interesting to me is people's backstories. And so many fighters, like you said, like Derek Lewis and there's a lot of other guys that come from uh, situations that could have gone terribly wrong yeah. that they wind up turning around. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, you know, I mean, certain, certain, I mean, now mixed martial arts is a massive sport, you know, and people look at it as a, a viable career to make money, you know, but back in the day, in Matt's day, it wasn't really like that. I remember at the time, 
I started doing mixed martial arts just for the money. It was a business move. And I remember at the time seeing on forums and stuff that I used to go on, you know, like uh, a lot of fighters and jiu-jitsu guys on there saying, if you're getting into MMA to make money, you're in the wrong fucking sport. And I was like, holy shit, that wasn't uh, good to read. But, um, you know, I mean, listen, I, I left school at 16, you know, and you find out pretty quick. There's not much, uh, not many options an unskilled 60-year-old in the world. So stringing getting jobs, you know, you get in some trouble with your friends, you get in a few scraps. I mean, that's the type of guy I am. Got in some trouble and then in my early 20s, I was like, right, i got to turn this around. This is not the life I want for me or for my children. So, uh, you know, I, I dedicated myself to getting in the UFC and uh, trying to make some money. So, yeah, and Wait, it all worked out. So, And you don't settle. Or, I mean, you're constantly doing new things with the podcast. You're, you're commentating. Do you ever look around and you talk about where you came from and you're like, I fucking made it. Look at me. This is crazy. You know, to be honest, I, I try not to do that. But every now and again, every now and again, I, I'll say to my wife, I'll say, hey, it's not bad, is it? Remember right? where we used to live? Remember how broke <laughs> we were? Remember? Remember? I, I like My mom, my mom has no money. She's fucking, she, she's broke, you know, completely by herself. She's got, she had polio as a kid. She can't work, you know, and, and I'd have to call my mom to borrow five pounds just to put some gas in the car to get to work at my dead end job. You know what I mean? So, uh, but I, I, so now and again, yeah, I do turn around to my wife and she's sitting there fucking ordering some more expensive bullshit online that she doesn't <laughs> need. Like, hey. <laughs> It's not bad, is it? We right. did okay. <laughs> it's good, man. <laughs> hey, was there ever a point where you fought and uh, were doing commenting? Was there ever a crossover between those uh, two things? B between which two things? When Sorry. you were fighting and doing any commentating. Was there ever, a, like Paul Felder uh, has a crossover or Cormier. Was there ever that crossover for you or were you done fighting when you started commentating? Yeah, that's right. I was done fighting. Yeah, I, I didn't retire until 2018. My last fight was uh, 2017. So, and I only just started commentating last year. I was doing a lot of desk work. The desk, you know, the pre-fight, the post-fight since 2012. But actually commentating, that just started last year. So no. But when I won the belt, I was actually, uh, Matt mentioned it before, this Triple X movie that I was shooting at the time. I was in Toronto. I'd been there for three months. I was filming that. And then uh, Matt's guy, Chris Wyman, got injured. He was supposed to fa face Luke Rockhold. So I texted Dana. I was on a movie set. And I still had to finish training, but uh, so I finished filming. I, I texted on the Thursday. I finished filming on a Saturday. Flew back straight to the gym, and then like ten days later, went in for the fight. So, uh, but again, all in the book, my friend. I'm amazed at people who can motivate themselves to fight when they actually have a commentating gig. Like it's got to be difficult when, like, and again, you can. Uh, I mean, it's it's not the same thing. I'm sure not the same money, but guys who are able to kind of, you know, to do some commenting and and then wind up going and training to fight. That's got to be difficult when you know that there's this commentating job, which is a lot uh, a lot more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, Jim, but uh, you, you should really ask Paul Fuller about that. He's the only one that no. <laughs> I don't know. I never did that, but you're right. I'm sure it is. Uh, I'm sure it's a pain in the ass, buddy. Well, look, uh, the book is called uh, Quitters, uh, Quitters Never Win, My Life in UFC. And also you have the podcast, Believe You Me, uh, with Michael Bisping, co-hosted with uh, Luis J. Gomez, who I love. He's very funny. Luis is a real hustler, too. Yeah. He's a hard worker. He's a, an entrepreneur. Um, so I'm happy for you, man. I'm happy things are going so well. Yeah, man. Congrats, buddy. I can't wait to read the book. Yeah, no, no, you guys are awesome. I appreciate the plug. I appreciate the love. And uh, all right, have a great rest of your show, guys. All right, we'll Michael. talk to you again, man. Take care, Michael. Take care, champ. Take care, fellas. Thank you. That was yeah, awesome, man. Nah, I listen. Good for I, him. I always have a laugh with Michael yeah. Bisping. He's very honest. But, yes, he is. Uh, yeah, you know, 
I was this is so this is the same guy who's trying to cut my wife out of the uh and he was a good writer. Sure. He just has you know? a different set of priorities yeah. when he writes something. So for him, it's like he'll look at Oh, you know what my thing things. is? I don't like to have a... You know what it is? Why I clash with like writers? Because I don't want a script. Yeah. So you were there for my... I, of course I was. So the first thing I said when I got out there, well, one of the things was, I know there's a monitor and somebody wants me to say something and uh, I'm just going to shoot from the hip type of thing. You know, that's the better for me, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot that's how Trump me. is. Like there'll be a script, and you can always tell when he kind of goes off. Some guys just don't like to be scripted. I don't. I like to be unscripted and unfiltered. What are you pointing at? Oh, we got Drew Dober. Or move right. over, Drew Dober. Can I have more coffee when you get a moment? Yeah, yeah let's do it. I'll take a diet coke, motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Hold on. Do we have Drew here? It's uh... Dan just looked at me like I was fucking cursing. I hope Drew didn't pick up because that's, that's what he had. That's <laughs> poor Drew Dober's introduction. Hey, hey man, how are you? What's up, Drew Dober? How are you, buddy? You're not driving, are you? I'm not. I'm just sitting in my car. I'm just outside, uh, strength and conditioning, just watching the team uh, get to work. Dude, what are you, you, did you get, have a fight? Look at this guy. What are you? Like he's going on a date. Got the hair gel in and everything. <laughs> True, though, but we saw you as like look like a caged animal. Now look at him. Look at him. he's going to a GQ shoot or something, and he's going to watch practice. How I try to bring balance most of my life in sweatpants and you know fight clothes. So now since the job's over, I got to start dressing like this now. Hey, how much uh, uh, Hacksbrass threw that kick? That kick and and you countered beautifully. Uh, had you seen something in tape? on him uh, that kind of prepared you for that? Because it seemed like you were, it, it was a reaction, obviously, but it seemed like something you were waiting for him to do. <laughs> um, Honestly, uh, just watching a little bit of film and then uh, from his past fights, I kind of got an idea of, you know, how he kind of throws his combinations. But a lot of that was actually just gathered uh, in, the, in the fight. You know, the way he was moving and then the, the couple combinations that he threw, I was just kind of... Uh, trying to understand what his game plan was. And uh, I was just kind of collecting data. And then once I saw the opportunity, I just took it. Now, in your last uh, few fights, you you, you beat um, John Tuck, who's a skilled, you know, he's a skilled fighter, but he's dangerous in the grappling realm. Very great. They're very dangerous, correct? You agree? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then, I mean, then... I, it, does that have anything to do, like, maybe your confidence was super high because you beat John Tuck, and then you get subbed in the second round by a stunt. And listen, I'm not saying it like that because Benil uh, Dar- Darush is, 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 a, is a stud. And he ends up getting the sub. Was it – what? And then, you, and then you bounce back. You take out Marco Polo, you know, and uh, and now after last night, you're ba- now you're getting some nice momentum. But what happened with the Benil, with the Benil fight? Was it – what happened with that after the John talk? Was it your confidence was super from the because you trained so hard for the grappling? You felt prepared. You got caught. I mean, what, what went down with that? Not to bring up negative shit, Dober. Uh, Dober I'm sorry. But. I mean, I, I, no, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, yeah, no, that that first round was fantastic. Um, yes. And then going to the, going to the second round, uh, Benio doubled down on the takedowns, and uh, he was able to like. Uh, taking me down and uh, generally I feel like it all started. I, I was just making some jujitsu mistakes uh, just where yeah. my frames were and uh, just kind of how I was uh, moving. I was so eager to get back to my feet. Yeah. Uh, that just kind of like uh, skipping steps. You know, I was going from one to three to seven and like, you know, against a world-class grappler like, but Neil, you can't be doing that. So I had my opportunity to like escape 
the the grappling department in in the, in the second round. And when I wrapped up his head, I kind of gave him the opportunity to bring it back down to the mat. And then, uh, yeah, my defense to his Kimura trap was, was poor as well. So it was just me making critical errors, just being impatient. Yeah. I was just impatient on the ground. Do you uh, now obviously train a lot of jujitsu? You, um, you're not. Uh, you, you look um, well skilled. What belt do you jujitsu? If you mind me asking. Uh, brown belt. Brown belt. Brown belt's a stud. Uh, do you train with the gi at all or no? Um, I mean, the first ten years of my training oh, was okay. all in the gi. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I trained a ton of ton of gi. Yeah. Uh, but then since moving out to Colorado and working with like Amal Easton and uh, uh, Elliot Marshall, we've been really just focusing on uh, no gi and, and that craft. That's my. I know Amal Easton for over twenty years. That's my guy right there. I like that guy. Uh, I want to I, ask you too. Sorry about, ahead, about the ref because this footage of Dana reacting to that referee. Uh, and look, a lot of guys let a uh, it go one or two punches more than you think. But it seemed like there was, it was ten punches you landed. Uh, were you surprised in that moment? Are you at all recognizing why are they not stopping this? Uh, uh, to, to be completely honest, so I went back in that locker room and uh, I was talking to my coaches. I turned to Elliot and I was like, yeah, like I felt him digging that underhook from half guard. So I was trying to frame the face and continue to cause damage. So that way he can't get into, get that underhook. And Elliot looks at me and he's like, he wasn't digging an underhook. He, like, he was out. And I was like, really? I, like, I, I, the entire time I thought like he was trying to be, uh, you know, uh, offensive from bottom. And then I finally watched the video and I was like, oh yeah, he was out. Like that was too much. Yeah. <laughs> but it, no, you know what it is? I'm not laughing at, the, at that. I'm laughing at the, the mindset that I understand the mindset that that drew that drew's in. It's if you there's no even the happy warrior Roxanne Montefiore, uh was saying, you know, sometimes uh, I forgot how she said it. We should play it afterwards or, or post fight speech. But she's like, yeah, sometimes you have to be like merciless in here. Like yeah. if you are nice, and, if you let up for a second and they regain their they're back. Now they can physically harm you. So it really is up to that ref yep. to step in there because you can't, it, you give, you lay off at all. It's, you can, the tables could turn that quickly. You know what I mean? Well, you look at a fight like uh, Rosenstrike uh, Overeem. It wound up working out for uh, Rosenstrike, but he dropped Overeem with a couple seconds left. Then he walks away. And if that ref hadn't, I, I think, made the wrong move and stopped it, uh, Overeem would have jumped up and was winning that fight. It would have actually won the fight because Rosenstrike didn't continue to, to hit him while he was down. No, so. I agree. In that fight in particular, that walk away really sealed that win. Like, if he engaged and Alex was able to snatch up a single leg or something, he could have, like, stalled out for the end of the fight. But, yeah. So in that fight, that was that was huge. It actually worked out for me. You know, I thought the ref made the wrong move. Uh, he almost allowed Rosenstrike to declare his own walk-off home run. It was very odd to see the referee go, yeah, I guess you're right. You would know. He should have called him back in there. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like Alistair got up and was all over the place. He wobbled he a little up, bit. But... Well, he looked at his face, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's the decision I was going to make. <laughs> Fucking Dan. Whatever. Hey, listen, it's a hard job. No, Drew. Uh, you know, but, you know. So I think I have. You know who I like? No nonsense, Keith Peterson. I do too. No nonsense with that guy. Yeah, I've shown I've shown him smile once, but it was not in the cage. He's he doesn't look like a happy man, even though he is. Um, so what do you have? Uh, what's on your radar next? I mean, you look so solid in that in that fight. Obviously, you want to fight a ranked opponent next. Is there anybody you have your eye on? And I'm sure you'll take whoever they give you. But is there anybody you're looking at? Uh, you know, I'm, I just look at the 
the exciting fighters in the top 10 division. And I would love to just perform with those kind of dance partners. Uh, I look at uh, Alex Hernandez is, is a solid opponent. Yeah. Oh, uh, Ronaldo uh, is great. Um, and then, then higher up on that, like Islam Makachev would be a great fight too. He's super, super tough. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of other guys are all like booked up. So it's just kind of like, you got to see how the, the division goes in the next couple weeks and see who frees up and uh, who would uh, wa- even want to accept a fight with me. Uh, is uh, Who's Aya Quinta fighting? Does he have anybody? What? what? Does Aya Quinta don't have throw anybody? throw these curveballs at me. No, does he have anybody? I don't know if he announced anything yet. I don't, oh, know. I don't think he has so anything he lined okay. up, to be honest right. with you. Because that would be an interesting matchup. That's right. Don't put me on the spot like that. I forgot. That would be a fun matchup. Got... Sure. That would be fun. You know? I mean, now it's awkward, though, because you know I'm rooting for Al. Just oh, yeah. Drew Dober. But now, hold on. Right. I think now Al might have a fight that you didn't tell me about. We got Drew Dober on the All right, Drew. <laughs> well, look, man, you looked, you looked really, really great. Uh, congratulations. Uh, there was a lot of focus put on your opponent, and uh, I think you probably really shut a lot of people up. That's got to feel good. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> he had a, a large fan base. He was definitely very popular over in Europe and, and Afghanistan. My social media was just blowing up on uh, how he's going to kill me in the cage oh. and it's going to be the worst night of my life and all that stuff. But, uh, man, I absolutely love it. I don't care about your opinion. Just tune in and watch the fight. I, I love the buzz, the energy, and the feedback. And when, once the fight happens and you win in, in so uh, such a dominant way, does the social media stuff change or does it just go silent? Uh, to be honest, I didn't have to do anything. Like I went back like a couple posts earlier and all the, the people that were talking trash, other people already got on and started counteracting them. So I was like, all right, I don't have to do anything. But uh, yeah, I'm not much of a trash talker anyways. So I just let the internet perform the way it wants to. Does that stuff bother you at all? Is there any, uh, does it irritate you at all? Uh, not criticism, but people who chime in and do what people do online? No, not at all. I think uh, regardless of their opinion, uh, those are the guys that uh, are paying my bills. They're the ones sitting in the seats and watching. So you can go ahead and have whatever opinion you want. Uh, the only opinion that I that I care about are mine and uh, the guys close to me. That's it. All right. Well, Drew, it's uh, it's really good uh, talking to you. It was great seeing you. You looked incredible. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, it's got to be somebody ranked next. Man, so I'm, I look forward to that. Congrats, Drew Doba. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Anytime, it's been a lot man. of fun. All right, we'll talk to you again. Tell uh, Amal Easton I said hello, buddy. I will, definitely, man. All right, take care, bro. Right, be good. Yeah, man. Yeah, nice no, dude. That, uh, that Amal I know from when I was like 23 years old at Henzo Gracie's Academy, man. We did the uh, Pan American Games together. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What? What'd you say? Oh, that's the one I won, yes. I was hoping. As a purple belt. I thought so. Yes. The one in Miami, 1999. Thank you, Jimmy. You're welcome. Well, there I was on the balcony holding my gold medal. Just, I was just, and you know what? It was the same song. It was the same year as, it was in Miami, and it was the same Don't year Don't say it's that as Will Smith I, song. It, it, give me a second. It was the same year as a certain song, Jimmy. Oh. And the song I was going to say. Welcome to Miami. Uh, yes! Will Smith, Jimmy! Uh, you want absolutely nothing but a good time. I hate that song. Yeah. I love you, and I'm happy you won. I won the gold, Jimmy. I hate that song. Amal got third place, though. He did place. Do I have time homie. to pee? I was so happy to see. Well, I, you, that's what you say when I talk about me and Amal Easton placing oh, no. in the 99 I, I, wanted to, I, I wanted to settle in and enjoy the story, so I'm like, let me pee first. I can come back and really enjoy it. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, we're back. Uh, we took a quick pee. I wanted to get back while Matt is still wiping up his Stop. spilled coffee. I know. This is what I'm dealing with. Jimmy. There's a whole a spill Jimmy. of coffee under under the microphone, and Matt's like, I'll get it later. I'm like, Matt, Jimmy. there's electrical wires in Jimmy. liquid, and you're going to get it later. Excuse me, Jimmy. It's okay. Jimmy, I'm so happy you're here. I don't so, want you to get electrocuted. <coughs> we're going to talk to Michael Chiesa. Yes, we are. I'm so happy. My guys did so well at the NAGA over the... <laughs> You all right? <laughs> I'm coughing as, we, as Michael Hi, Michael. Up. Sorry, oh, Matt's dying. Boy. How you doing? <laughs> I got a fucking furball. What's up, Michael Chiesa? How we doing, man? Michael Chiesa looking like a fucking stud <laughs> at welterweight. Yep. Dude, I love jujitsu. I fucking love it. <laughs> when you got Carlos Condit in a one-armed fucking Kimura, I need him to teach me that shit. Yo, hey. dude. Hi, man. Come out to Strong Island, show you how it's done. I'm actually gonna look look what shirt I'm wearing today. Look I just this. decided to dust off the uh, the team favor uh, Ultimate Fighter shirt, Spirit of Fight Week. Beautiful. Are you are you loving the uh, the move up? You feel completely comfortable here, don't you? Yeah, man. I mean, it was just taken away from fighting. You know what I mean? Like this whole cut and weight thing. I'm spending my whole camp just focused on cut and weight. I'm not really expanding my skills and. And obviously, I'm showing. I'm expanding my skills. You know, I'm, I'm I'm able to get more creative when I'm competing, and I can just focus on the fight more. You know, so it's it's been a great move, man. It's does, been awesome. Does it make any difference? You think? Because I know RDA is a guy who who went up in weight as well. Does it make any difference when you're fighting a guy like if, if it's a guy who has either come down from middleweight or a guy who has stayed uh, or been at welterweight for uh, and is more natural at that weight, or were you just well, cutting beyond? This will be the first time I've competed against a guy that's coming up. Like, I know Diego fought at 85 and he came down, but I really don't look at him as, like, a true middleweight. You know, he's a, he's a, he, was, he was fairly small for a welterweight. But this is my first time competing against a guy that's like myself that, that's coming up in weight. So I'm expecting RDA to have a really good gas tank. I feel like for him, he's the guy that's like, this is him in the first round, the second round, and the third right. round. He doesn't really fatigue. He doesn't really fade. So you got to keep a good pace on him the whole time. I think that you could attribute that to him coming up a weight class. Well, let me. I mean, it's a different skill set, but as far as fighting somebody that doesn't fade, it doesn't suck that you're just coming off of a fight with uh, Diego Sanchez, which was yeah. masterful, yeah. by the way, buddy. I enjoyed that shit. A lot of great exchanges with him getting out of shit and would have capitalized on most. But it, it was like watching something. Like, it was almost like watching like my Tuesday night class with good grab with two high-level grapplers where Michael was always a step ahead and then comes fucking elbows. But it was beautiful, man. Thank you, sir. 
little chicken wings. You know, you got a chicken wing in a little bit. <laughs> Softening them up. But, I mean, yeah. to his credit, that fucking Diego, you literally, there's some guys, they take enough and they're like, all right, I, 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 they'll find a the way. There's a way. There's always a way to find a way out. You know what I mean? Diego, there's some guys that they don't, you, you, have, to, you have to shut their switch off. You have to, yeah. if their lights aren't, like, Diego could have one arm, one leg, and he'll still come after you crawling. You got to just beat him down. So you got to be prepared. What was the mindset going into that Diego fight? It couldn't have been just to submit him. Well, I mean, were you just prepared to fight hard for three fives? Yeah, that was pretty much it. I mean, I, I never go into a fight wanting to go to a decision. I, you know, I always want to get the finish, you know, and for a lot of reasons. When you finish a fight, that really propels your career. But this was like the only fight I've ever had in my career where I was like, you know what, this is a guy that don't take the fit because he thrives off being resilient. You know what I mean? Like if I like there was one moment where I almost had a rear naked choke. I think it was in the second round. And I kinda of bailed on it because I'm like, if I go for this and I miss, he's gonna come back to life and this is where he thrives, you know. So it's not that I really played it safe, but I was like, This is a guy where I just gotta beat him down for three rounds, take him down, control him. You know, I was confident that I would beat him in the grappling exchanges. I think that for being a tall, skinny guy, I think I kind of get overlooked in terms of, like, my grip strength. So I think that, you know, I don't think that he thought things were going to go the way they were. <clears throat> but they did, and I got my hand raised. And it just sucks that, you know, I want to get a finish, but a guy like Diego, you got to give him his respect where, you know, where, where, where it's necessary. You know what I mean? Now, oh, 100%. I mean, that guy, I mean, he's an interesting guy. I always had pleasure roll up. Uh, interactions with him but there's no questioning his heart as a warrior but now look at the guys you're taking out i mean we're coming off carlos condent uh diego sanchez and now you're fighting rda it's like you got something against the old school guys what the fuck's going on over here michael hey rda asked for this fight <laughs> oh he, he did he did he did, and I was talking to Karen Bryant, and uh, I was like, yeah, I think he must think I'm an easy fight. And she's like, well, I think that he's just kind of – the guy's fought everybody. I mean, yes. you, you look at the landscape of the division, he's fought everybody in the top 15. So I think that this was more him just finding a fight that's like, you know, maybe I'm not ranked, but I have somewhat of a name. I was ranked a lightweight. So there's something to come with it, you know what I mean? It would be his mistake if he asked to fight me and thinking it's an easy fight. I'm not an easy out for anybody. You know what I mean? Uh, so, um, you know, I, don't, I have nothing against the old guard. <laughs> I got to go, you know what I mean? I think it's a perfect matchup to get me. I'm striving to become a world champion. You know what I yeah. mean? And, and this is a guy that's, that a win over him is going to propel me into that top five. So what, uh, this is the right fight to make. What You said something interesting about the pressure, too, uh, being more on him. You said because you felt more pressure when you were coming off two losses yourself. Uh, what was that mindset like when you when you had a couple of losses in a row? Were you thinking, like, if, if I this, this is a must win or, or I'm not going to be in the UFC anymore? Or was it about your confidence? Um, it was, it's kind of a combination of both. I was never, I never thought that, you know, if I had lost the third fight in a row, I, I, I didn't think I'd get cut. You know what I mean? Um, you, but then again, you can't think like that. You always got to kind of assume the worst, but it was more of a confidence thing. And, you know, if I was to be completely honest with you guys, you know, coming off those two losses at lightweight, especially the, you know, the whole mishap with Kevin Lee. And then I had the Anthony Pettis fight, which is a fight I really, I should have just never been in regardless I it, being at lightweight and winning, losing those two fights, I was like almost questioning if I even wanted to fight anymore. I'm like this, these the weight cuts just taking it out of me. I'm starting to feel the pressure. And after talking to my team and everybody, they're like, "Why don't you go up a weight class and see what happens?" 
And it was the best decision I ever made because now I don't see the end anywhere near in sight. You know what I mean? But when you're killing yourself with these weight cuts and you're not getting the results that you want, and you know, it's, it's very mentally taxing. It's a very hard sport, as you know, Matt, and uh, confidence is everything. And so, you know, now that I've gone up a weight class and I'm performing the way I'm performing in the gym, you know, it's like now, now I'm really starting to see what I, what I'm capable of. So uh, it's a, yeah. Exciting time. I mean, uh, I was very impressed with RDA's takedown defense, especially against the cage versus Kevin Lee. Because Kevin yeah. Lee, when the going gets tough, and well, I said this before he fucking knocked out uh, Gregor Gillespie, oh. but, uh, you know, he usually would go back to his grappling and go back to like the shooting it fast, getting underneath the ass. And, and what RDA would be able to do would always at least just get one arm off. So even though he was in deep, he couldn't get it. One arm's up on the, you know, you grab his shoulder. So he's trying to get him down with one arm. To And Kevin was trying to be persistent. It ended up costing him. So it can't just be as simple as just looking to get in there and put him on his ass. What is no. your what is your game plan? Not only <laughs> well, I can't reveal too much of the okay. game plan. But this is a fight where I'm going to have to show my full skill set. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like. Going into the Diego fight, I had that mentality, but he shot he shot on me the first 10 seconds of the fight. And so that's just when my grappling gears kicked in, and I just kind of deviated a little bit away from the game plan. But um, this is a fight where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to show my full skill set, and I don't fight like Kevin Lee. I mean, you don't really see me. I'm not really looking to get underneath guys, um, you know, and I'm smarter than that. I know. Look at the size of RDA's fucking legs, dude. Yeah. Good luck. You try a. You put him against the fence. You gotta fight those fucking thunder thighs. And, and yeah. my skinny little arms versus his big old thighs. I don't know how that's gonna go. But uh, I have a plan. You know, for wherever the fight goes. Um, I know if I want to get the takedowns, I know how I'm gonna get them. Uh, but one thing's for sure, I'm not gonna fight him like Kevin Lee. I don't think Kevin. I'm not saying this to take a shot at him. Yeah. Obviously, I don't like the guy. Um, but I just don't think he fought him very intelligently. I think that you look at a guy like RDA, you know, you're not just going to bully him against the fence and take him down. I mean, you, you know, Matt, you yeah. can take a, you can take a division one wrestler and you'll never be able to take him out and open Matt, but yeah. if you put a division wrestler against the fence, you can take him down, but it works vice versa with RDA. I think you have a better shot taking him down on open mat if you're going to shoot underneath him than you would if you're going to put him on the fence. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's interesting. And that's both interesting and true. You know, I mean, you get him up against there, he can't get his hips away. You got those long arms, but he is good at getting those at least one arm off. So you can't just rely on that. Nah, it's, it, it makes it very exciting. And not for nothing, when you think when you, when you think about it, he did fight, and you know, he might shoot on you. He's a he's a he's a good black belt. He took down. Look what he did to Neil Magny. He took him yeah, down. He's he good, and he he's got a good arm triangle choke. He's got a nice good got a good head and arm choke. Yeah, and, and that's a dude around your height. I'm not comparing. You guys got different styles, but yeah. Oh, it makes it exciting, yep. Jimmy. I can't. Yeah, I'm gonna be yeah. watching Jimmy. And I want to ask you too, because you talk about feeling so good at welterweight. What do you attribute? So many guys are jumping weight classes and changing weight classes. What do you attribute that to? Because I've seen that more now in the last few years, where and guys are being very, very effective. What is this this trend that's driving guys to to move around a little bit? I don't really. I don't think it's really a trend. I think it's just guys leading the charge. Like for me, it was watching Dustin Poirier. I mean, he he was a huge freaking forty fiver. He's even still a big barrel chested fifty fiver. And I see the success he has going up in weight class. I'm like, you know, maybe it's worth a shot. You know what I mean? Like, I came from a time, I started training in 2008, and I, I came from the era, like the tail end of the military era, where it's like 
spar as many rounds as you can, fresh guy every minute, cut as much weight as you can, be as big as possible. Like I, I started training MMA at the, at the tail end of a very extreme era. You know what I mean? So um, that's just kind of what I thought was the norm is cut the most weight, be the biggest guy. And, and I'm starting to learn that that's really not true. And it's not a testament to my skills. You know what I mean? So um, now I, I, I maybe I'm just part of the new guard. Maybe I'm just part of these guys just being a little more intelligent with my training and my preparation and being in the right weight class. And roughly how much are you cutting now when, you, when you're uh, uh, fighting? Uh, actually, pretty close to the same amount as I did at lightweight, but just I would have to work my ass off to get down to 170 to where I could cut to 55. Uh, I checked my weight this morning. I was 84 and a half. So, you know, I'm already I'm already in North Carolina right now. So uh, smooth sailing, you know what I mean? Jumping the gun. I got here last night. So, you know, I'm still cutting around the same amount of weight, but it's just a lot different when I'm not killing myself to get within cutting range. I'm just eating, dieting, doing the right things, and, and the weight just comes off that. And the main event, too, uh, Curtis Blades against JDS is a very, a very interesting fight as well. Uh, and you and uh, RDA. Are the Coleman? That's this Saturday in uh, in Raleigh. And uh, let me tell you something: the best way to go towards that championship uh, title is to take out a former champion. You know what I mean? And yeah. uh, you know, at thirty-two years young, Jimmy was pointing out before the show. He goes, "Matt, he goes thirty. Isn't that when you shocked the world and you became champion?" I go, "Yeah, Jimmy." He, he brings it, Mike. He fucking embarrasses me. I, I mean, I, but, a lot of times I'll text it and tell him I'd love to bring this up on the show, and he'll either let me or not let me. But I'm listen to me, Paisan. I'm so excited for you, buddy. This is your fucking year, Michael. It's my year, damn it. All right, man. Listen, good luck, I, man. Have a great I, fight. Can't wait. Thank you, sir. It's good to talk to you, Matt. Tell the boys, tell Ray, tell Al, tell Chris, and everybody. And Al, do I say hi? <laughs> Send my best and uh, tune in, man. Call me an event. Make my run at the title, and uh, in five short days, I'm gonna have a belly full of pasta. I'm gonna be ready to beat some ass. <laughs> Fuck yeah, buddy! All right, good luck, man. Have a good one. All right, Michael. See you guys, my man. Right, now he's fun, man. Yeah, he is. I like Michael. Jimmy, oh, do you man. know there's a fan question? Oh, good. I was hoping. <laughs> Where is it? We got a fan question. Perfect. That's the theme song All for right. the fan question. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. We, we got, got a, a fan, fan question. question. All right. La, cool. la, 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 la. Hey, uh, man, let me tell you something. Conor McGregor doesn't have to fight. He doesn't have to fight. He really doesn't. But he's a fighter. Sure. And that's what fighters do. It absolutely is. Right. I'd love to hear what a fan would ask. By the way, Roxanne Mataferi, how amazing was that? Uh, uh, and I'll, I'll credit myself. I kind of called that one. That was uh, a veteran uh, figuring out how to beat. And oh, by the way, that what the fuck was that doctor checking the leg for? I mean, I, mean, I that was very bizarre to me when he checked uh, Macy Barber's. Uh, ACL. I was giving an exam in there. That but, one, and Rogan uh, said he's never seen that I, check I, a male fighter like that. And I, I, don't I, know I, I didn't get I don't that. Know. Was weird. I just thought, but you got to give props to uh, Roxanne. I know, um, and I believe the second round when she she hit her, and when she hit her, hit Macy Barber. I, I don't know what it was with a jab or a right hand. And when Macy fell, it looks like she did something to her leg. Uh, but that's no excuse. I mean, I yeah. love afterwards when how honest <laughs> Roxanne was when she's like uh you know um you have to uh you, you know you have to be sometimes merciless in here yeah. like you have to really take advantage of it you have to she's and she's and uh you know for a girl who has the you know who's been in the game as long as she has 
And it has nothing to do with the fact that she loves Star Wars, but the fact that, sure. uh, you know what, uh, you know, she said she'd been in the game a long time, and it was nice to see that victory for her. And for Macy Barber, the future, I do think she's the future. I think she'll be sure. back. She'll learn from this. The one thing that concerns me is she's very athletic, and she's a powerful girl yeah. with heavy hands. But sometimes when you're athletic, it's you could power out of things. And she got out of the mouth a couple times like that. But every time you do that, that energy bar takes a big hit, like in a video game. And then the third or fourth time she was mounted or whatever it was, she's not getting out the same. And from the waist down, her legs weren't moving. Right. So I'm not seeing the proper hip movement with elbow escapes and whatnot. It's uh, that's a jujitsu thing. So she should be doing flow drills up and down the mat, having people lock their legs mounted underneath her butt, where she has to straighten her legs, use her feet to untangle and start escaping the guard. If you're doing a reversal up and down the mats, that's what I would recommend, and uh, to get her hips moving. Right. Um, and her but I wasn't surprised at that. I was happy for Roxanne. I like Macy Barber too, but I was I was happy to see. Uh, a veteran. I always like to watch a veteran uh, do something like that this to time, a fighter who thinks that people think is, is is fairly unbeatable. When you just said that, how you like her and you like her, and this time, Jimmy, because I feel so comfortable with you, and I I, I stop myself. Yeah. I stop myself from going. Well, I like you, and I was gonna boop you on the nose. I would I, I literally stop because that's not what grown men do to each other. It's not true. And I know you. I know I know you for like over a few years now. You do. And I feel very close. But I, I, I you, that's not normal behavior, Jimmy. Yeah. But I do like you a lot. Uh, and I like you. All right. I'm sorry. And by the I, way, the Tim Elliott fight, extremely exciting. <laughs> However, I, in that third round, him doing the strategy of throwing <laughs> my arms down and leading with my face was a very odd strategy. He's a tough fuck, man. Listen, man. But that, to me, is not how you're going to win that, uh, that third round. That hey, the way he, His fighting style, very along tough guy, with his mullet, I'm all in. Yeah. I'll watch Tim Elliott anytime. I thought that was a mistake, though. Uh, and Sadiq Youssef. Uh, against Andre Feely. Sadiq looked incredible. Feely is very, very tough. That was a great fight. It was a, a great, great fight. fight. It was a tough fight. It was a close fight. Uh, man, Sadiq is hard to uh, to hold down. Yep. You know what I mean? So let's get a fan question. All right. Maurice Green, I wanted to say, too, against uh, Alexi Olenek. That was one of my favorite fights. Uh, yeah. Maurice is a really, really tough guy and really resilient on the floor. Um, and I was sad to see him uh, tap 438. Uh, he, he finally he gave in, but I guess his knees, you would know better than me, but his knees slipped and he was able to extend the arm uh, fully. I uh, love, the, what, we were talking about the- uh, Olenek Green fight. Oh my God, I, I, that was fun, wasn't it? Was it was very fun, yeah. I don't, I'm not a big fan of those scoff hold, like neck cranks. I'm, it's, I mean, it's, it's effective for strong guys, but one, if you lose the head, uh, you could give your back up. And that happens often versus good jujitsu guys. Yeah. You, you know, it's a big no-no. Uh, but I see how. So he put a lot into it. Where I'm like, oh man, he must be getting just exhausted. But I just I love jujitsu. And no matter how tough you are, it's just when you got your elbow going when it's extended and it's going in the other direction, hyperextension. You you slowly get starting to feel those pops of the elbow. I don't care how tough you are. Your your instinct is to tap. And yeah. uh, he had to save his arm. Yeah. It was a game of inches, yeah. and he had it just. It was right on his pelvis, and uh, that would have been a broken arm. So he made he made the right. He made call. the right, but move. he was game, and he was gutsy. All right, let's pick a fan question. I love fan questions. Me too. What do we got? All right, let's. What see do here. we got? Fan questions. How about this? Uh, all right, how about this? Okay. Uh, Boal shoot. Underscore baby Jesus. Baby. Or baby Jesus. Jesus. I don't know. Okay. Uh, do you think Connor deserves to be considered 
or even in the talk for a 170 title shot, do you think he should have to run it with Tony and Justin Gaethje at 155 before Habib? Uh, Matt, uh, we just kind of discussed this earlier. Uh, personally, I think that uh, it should be uh, Masvidal uh, and, and Connor, and the winner of that will have a shot at Usman. Uh, or unless uh, Masvidal wants Usman next, I think he's definitely earned that. And as far as uh, a shot at Habib, I think Connor. It depends on who wins Connor, uh, Tony. I, I, I'm sorry, Habib, Tony. It depends on how it goes. I mean, if it's a quick knockout and not an interesting rematch, then maybe Connor gets that. But I also am tired of Justin Gaethje being stepped over because his name is not as easy to, to write down and say. The fans have to recognize, not just the casual fans, that Gaethje is one of the most fucking exciting guys. So Gaethje Connor is the fight I would like to see, or Masvidal Connor. That's my opinion. Not that. I'm babbling. Not that I'm trying to say that they should cater to Connor or anything, but let's talk about motivation for Connor. What's the motivation in fighting Gaethje? The guy's a fucking beast. Right. And there's nothing personal in there. Now, let's, let, hear me out. Sure. Let, let's put him versus Nate Diaz for a third time. They have history. This is something that could motivate him. It's got to be motivating, I feel, for him. This fight with Cowboy's motivating. Cowboy's a character. Yeah, he's a legend. That's a hell of a feather in the yeah. cap. You know it's going to be a scrap wherever it goes. So I could see Connor wanting to come back with that fight or you know to make that happen with him and Cowboy. So Styles make fights, but more than that, I, I, I feel that it's got to be something personal. Now, him and Nate, it's it's... It's not that they're, I mean, I'll tell you right now, they're hunky-dory next to, <laughs> they're best friends next to him and Habib, but they got that, there's a sure. respect there. They both got a winner over each other. The second fight was closer, very sure. close. Uh, I could, I'd like to see that, because there's that, they have some personal stuff there. And him with Habib, they got that, that, that can get a little dark again, but it's intriguing. Masvidal, I think, what do you Masvidal think of that? Masvidal is the one I feel that could get Connor up in like just being the fighter in him. Yeah. He might say, okay, that's where everybody's looking at. He starts Ben Askren. Uh, he, he, uh, that had Nate it, got controversial stopped. with Nate, but he was, was doing that fourth well. round. Yeah. Fourth round. Uh, yes. Fourth round. So, you know, he's been on such a tear. He knocked out Darren Till. he might say, all right, that just looks like a party for me. It's yeah. like a fight. So, I would like to see him fight either Nate or Masvidal next, to be honest. I don't know. Habib, I don't know. It just goes so dark. And, it, and that'd be fun, too. But not that it's fun to I don't dark, know why but. I'm not. Again, I understand the business end of it. Of course, that's the fight. Or I think Masvidal is a huge fight as well. But uh, the fight I want to see, if you if you put a gun in my head, I would say the fight I want, which I'm not going to get, is Conor Gaethje. Uh, at 155. I don't see that happening because, like you said, the upside for Connor, Gaethje is not champion. If Gaethje was champion, that would be the motivating factor to get the belt back. But I, I think he's going to stay welterweight for a little while, but I, I don't I don't know if he'll deal with Usman or not. I mean, he might go back down and fight for a belt at 155. Was it uh, Fajeda that beat uh, Pettis? Was that yes. more of a neck crank? Uh, I, I, am I remembering the fight correctly? Where he, It looked like he was squeezing the uh, the uh, Get it up jaw. there! Yeah. Get it up there! He might have went under the jaw, but for some reason I remember him. Sometimes it starts on the jaw, Damian Maya style, and if you don't, ta it, it'll go onto the neck in the karate. That's kind of how Habib had Connor on, on yeah. the jaw. Well, it'll break the jaw. Yeah. So if you don't, uh, here we go. Man, I like Fajeda. I, I like him a lot, you know? And Pettis is uh he's having a hard time when the going yeah. gets really tough. Sometimes he, you know he he, uh, he has a hard time. I mean, yeah. oh, here we go, punch, punch, Boom. punch, soften him up, yeah. punch, punch, and now he gets the back, oh. and immediately right, he's on the face. No, Does look, he tap while he's on the? Yep, there you go. 
It's kind of half and half. I mean, you know, it's it. Pettis is uh, he got out of there. You know, he got caught in that choke. You yeah. know, uh, you got you look him in the face. You're mounted and you're still in some danger. But as you know, hey. A good lot of respect for him. For him. Yeah, I, yeah. He's got heavy hands. I remember they were questioning his, like, closing the distance with that. It was almost like an old school jujitsu putting his leg side up, side kick into a clinch. But it was interesting. Yeah. And it, 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 he didn't get damage. He was no. in there, you know. Um, Quick plugs. Yeah, I got a plug too. You know, Jimmy, go. You plug first, and then I'll plug. You can see me on the Degenerates on Netflix, and also I've added a second show at the Wilbur Theater in Boston. I got the third February the third. Uh, sorry, April third. I'm going to be in uh, Foxwoods Casino, and uh, there's a late show that has been added to the Wilbur Theater in Boston Saturday, April fourth, a seven o'clock and a nine forty five show. Jimmy, this Friday. Now you know where the New York Comedy Club is. I do. Twenty is it twenty fourth and second? No. 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 Where is it? The New York There's Comedy one, Club then. is East Village, 85th East 4th Street. Oh, yeah. So, so it's okay. in the village. Yeah, I know where that is. So I'm going to be down there. I'm not doing any comedy. I'm silly, but there's my buddy uh, Christian Harloff does a show called SSEN Live. Okay. And dude, you know how I talk about all like the geeky shit? It's everything from pop culture to movies to stuff. It's kind of like this, but we don't talk about fights. Okay. Nerdy shit. Yeah. But it's going to be at a comedy club. I want us to do something live, me and you. We should. Not a comedy thing, but a, like a show here live. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, if listen, I want a lot of the unfiltered army there. Is it corny when I say unfiltered army? But we, we know it's corny, so it's kind of like silly. That's fine. It's fun? Yeah, where's the cheers? It's right there, Jimmy. I found it now when I didn't need it. Couldn't find it before. You know? But so I'll be there on ja this uh, Friday, January 24th at the uh, Comedy Club in the Village, hanging out with those guys at 5 o'clock p.m. Thank you, Drew Dober. Uh, Michael Bisping's book, yeah, let me give the, uh, the proper name here, is called uh, Quitters Never Win, My Life in UFC. And, of course, Believe You Me with Michael Bisping. He's a really, really entertaining, honest uh, guy. I, dude, and Michael I was Chiesa, thank you. Fighting co-main yeah. event this Saturday night. Uh, uh, right? Is it this or two Saturdays from now? This it is this Saturday. Okay, in Raleigh, uh, Blades and JDS is the main event, and of awesome. course uh, he is fighting uh, Rafael dos Anjos. See you Wednesday, Jimmy. It is. Oh yeah, today's what? Monday. I think it says Wednesday. I'll I said I'll see you Wednesday, Jimmy. See you then, my Jimmy. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.